Welcome to Real Life Radio. This is Ryan, your host. This is our first episode that we're having. We're going to have a special guest today. It's Tim Alexander. He is an AmeriCorps member and delivers peer support services to individuals uh, suffering from substance use disorder uh, and, and other types of mental health disorders. Um, so welcome on, Tim. Hey, what's up, bud? Uh, so, you know, the purpose of this of this uh, podcast is going to be to kind of just, you know, talk about some experience based off, to tell a little bit about your story, talk about what motivates you and things of that nature. So, you know, I know you, we have a history, but the listening audience may not. So, um, you know, what would you like to tell us about yourself? Start this thing off. Well, um, it's pretty simple. Uh, just like most addicts been addicted to drugs and alcohol for 25 years. Um, couldn't really figure out what was going on within myself that made me continue my use uh, for such a long period of time. I always believed I was one of those strong-willed individuals and that I didn't really need to reach out for help uh, in order to stop using. And it just led into several arrests, 13 felony convictions, and 54 felony charges on my record. And so how long have you been been clean now? Well, 17 months, working on 18 as we speak. All right. And so was this your first attempt at trying to get clean? Absolutely not. Um, I've had several attempts at getting clean. Uh, I did a a two-and-a-half-year prison bid at Indian Creek. Uh, therapeutic uh, institution and uh, segued into Rubicon and uh, still couldn't manage to get clean. I've been to the RISE program at Henrico East. I've been to the Belief program in Richmond City Jail a couple times, TC program in Riverside, uh, Rubicon a handful handful, uh, more times as well. Okay, so with all of those attempts and, and um, you know, I'd imagine you have some level of success at those attempts, but, you know, what was it that was different about uh, this time? What, you know, if you had to put your finger on uh, the defining moment or the defining thing that, um, you know, has caused you to achieve a higher level of success this time around than you have before, uh, you know, what would that what would that be for you? Well, I think that's pretty simple. It has to do with surrender. It's um, acknowledging the fact that I can't do this alone, um, that I truly did not know how to live life. Um, you know, I, had, I didn't know how to take care of responsibilities, and I needed help in those areas. And for so long, I thought, you know, that if I was smart enough that I'd be able to beat addiction and, you know, the belief that everybody else is suckers if they're in a fellowship or if they're going to treatment and things like that. Um, somewhere deep down inside, though, I kind of knew all along that I needed something more. I was just a lot of fear and insecurity of reaching out to people, you know, trust issues, things like that. All right. So do you, so you had some recovery, uh, like residents or, you know, uh, recovery living type stuff incorporated in your walk this time around. 
Oh, yeah. I think uh, this time around when I, I finally acknowledged the fact that um, there is absolutely no way that I could do this myself, I went ahead and surrendered when I was doing 10 days on a sanction in Henrico Drug Court. And the amazing part about the telling on my disease and telling on myself before, you know, I served that sanction um, and getting the support from, you know, the Henrico Drug Court staff uh, really elevated me. When I went into court, I thought there was a chance, you know, that I was going to get show calls and things like that. And it just went to show that everything I believed about these people trying to help me. Uh, I had manipulated myself into believing that for some reason I was going to get show caused or that I was going to be in big trouble. But when I went in front of the judge and he says, you know, he looks to everybody in the courtroom and he says, you know what? I want you all to look at this guy. And if anybody's going to lead by example in a situation like this, you need to pay close attention to what he did. And how he went about asking for help, you know, because that day in court was actually not my court date and I hadn't, you know, screened dirty or anything like that. So um, and then on the way back down to booking and all that stuff, uh, one of my counselors, uh, the one of the clinicians there told me how proud he was of me. The um, drug court uh, investigator was the same way. Um, you know, I had my probation officers full support and then I just, uh, I asked to be incarcerated. I asked to be put on program release. And then when I felt I was ready, program release is a lot like work release. So when I was ready, I asked to go into sober living. So I think a combination with surrendering to the fellowship also with sober living and, having that accountability with drug court kind of pushed me, catapulted me, I guess, and, and to recovery. So That's pretty, that's an interesting concept. You know, I can't imagine what it must have been like to, you know, I'm kind of smiling right now as I think about it, you know, to be in court and, you know, just uh, hear the judge, you know, after you, you know, making a poor decision and owning up to it, hearing the judge, um, you know, kind of pat you on the back for that. And, um, you know, and your, your, your probation officer and all of them kind of coming together despite your, you know, the decision that you made to, to mess up. But I would imagine that um, it had a huge impact when you realized, you know, uh, that, you know, that they were, uh, you know, in support of you um, and kind of, you know, uh, very proud of, of you for owning up to the things that you did. I, I would imagine that that kind of played a, a big part in, you know, your steps after that point. Absolutely. Um, you know, the gratitude I have, you know, for drug court in itself, you know, along with the fellowship and sober living, I mean, the belief that, you know, and the love that I found in the recovery community would never lead me to believe of me graduating drug court, working in the field of recovery, um, just earning a PRS certification or at least getting the class part out of the way. I'm an AmeriCorps member. Um, I get asked to speak, you know, in the fellowship. I got asked, you know, by the judge in front of the Henrico Board of Supervisors. I mean, I just never thought or saw myself as being capable of doing these things because I always felt less than 
So, well, well, that's awesome, and I think that that's kind of a good segue into the next question I was going to ask you because I think as I continue to do these, um, you know, talks with people, you know, one of the things I want to to explore is you know what drives people, what motivates them, what's their purpose, you know, because I I know in finding my purpose and my journey, um, you know, through other people's experience and finding what drives them has been you know, invaluable is just, you know, so powerful. And so, you know, that's the question I pose to you now is, you know, having found your purpose or are you still searching or, or, you know, what wakes you up in the morning? You know, I know you do do a lot of things, you know, you run, you, you know, you help people, you're, you know, you're always going, 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 but you know, what is the, uh, the fire that turns, uh, you know, the motor that is Tim, you know? Well, um, I'm not going to say that this is a simple answer, but um, it's a constant search for one, right? I'm always working on ways to slowly better myself. I don't try to rush that, but I think the ability to reach out to people who suffer just as I have, you know, we we can relate people uh, who suffer from substance use disorder in so many different ways that you know, I, I hope that by me being able to express myself and show people that I can hold my head up high, even though I'm in recovery, um, may be able to bring them out of that darkness into the same light I'm at. And, and you know, all along, that's what I was searching for. I was searching for a way to be able to connect with other individuals because from an early age, I wasn't able to do that. I never had that ability to be able to connect with people because of trust issues, abandonment issues. And and like I said, a lot of insecurity and low self-esteem. So I think now that I've kind of begun my journey in recovery, I have the opportunity to give back. And that probably is one of the major factors and, and me staying clean is the ability to reach out to somebody else or to tell my story and somebody to say, Hey, you know, I'm I'm a lot like this guy. And if he can do it, you know, I can do it. And maybe I can talk to him for a little while and he can help me along in this process. Well, that's amazing. So, um, you know, I want to thank you for, for doing this with me today. You know, it's been a, it's been a pleasure of mine, uh, you know, to work side by side with you. I think that, um, you know, your energy is infectious, you know, just, just you being who you are. I think that you are fulfilling that purpose that you just expressed. And so, um, you know, I just want to thank you again for, for being on. Hopefully we'll continue to do this and maybe we'll follow up with some other stuff and some other questions and tackle some other uh, things as we go along with this. But, you know, before we get out of here, I want to, you know, ask you, say, you know, if there's somebody watching this or somebody listening uh, on Facebook or uh, one of the other media streams, um, outlets that this may be available on you know and they're and they're out there struggling and they're at that place where you and i were where they're you know just just hopeless and desperate and you know don't know where to turn uh, what type of message would you have for them reach out don't be scared to reach out um you know it's hard mm, pride gets in the way and it's it's a difficult thing to say that all the lies and manipulation and all the chaos and misery that I've experienced in my life 
right? And try to boost my self-esteem by lying to myself and telling myself that things are just going to be better or that I'm going to be able to do this alone. It's simply not the truth. We need people, and that's what we should do, is reach out, get involved in your recovery, and, and look for people who are a lot like you are. Awesome, man. Well, thanks again, Tim. I, I appreciate you being on, and uh, I look forward to, you know, some more of these uh, these podcasts and, you know, have you as a guest and, you know, lots of other people. So, anyway, thank you again. Hey, Ryan, you can, you kind of sound like um, like one of those Jazz 98 type guys. Just saying. <laughs> That's what I'm shooting for. It's that smooth, soothing voice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, smooth, (laughs) 98.6. All right, well, uh, thanks again, Tim. Love you, bud. Love you too, man.